0: Welcome to The Complete Musician, creativity at its core, exploring innovative musical ideas, thoughts, and techniques for the modern musician in today's society, with your hosts James Nagus and Drew Phillips. Hey everybody and welcome to another episode of The Complete Musician Podcast. I'm Drew, and this is a bonus episode from my little teaching mini-series I did for the past uh, couple of these while James is off on a whirlwind adventure. Uh, I decided that out of the five categories I did for teaching private lessons, I did... Uh, five podcasts, one on planning, one on communication, one on instruction, one on assessment and feedback, and another on sequencing. Uh, There was one other one that I wanted to talk about, so this is kind of a bonus that didn't really fit in there, but it talks about the expectations of a private lesson. And those expectations being from you to the student, like what you expect of the student to do, and also the expectations that your students have of you which is something that I don't think we generally think about. Uh, As teachers, we generally are maybe a little self-centered and think about me, me, me. Like, what can I do? What am I going to have the students do? Or how are they going to perform for me? All that kind of stuff. We have to remember that the students also have expectations of us. At least I think in the collegiate realm, that's maybe a little bit more apparent because when a student comes to university, when they come to us and they have a demo lesson with us, we are not only trying to sell the university, but we're trying to sell to a student uh, in our lesson with them or meeting with them. Like This is the place that we want you to be uh, or we, we want you to consider coming so that we can help you with your musical development. So we're selling also our teaching strategy and our teaching plans and our organization and all that kind of stuff so that the student wants to come learn from us. Um, So the student needs to know what to expect from us. And every student is different and their goals are different. Uh, Not necessarily everyone coming into the collegiate realm or every student going into, you know, middle school or high school or everything, but every student is different. So encompassing all students, taking private lessons for uh, either the first time or taking it for any time. Um, coming to you, you can assume they fall into a couple of different categories, um, and again, their goals are always different. Uh, so, like, one of the first categories is a student uh, who wants to learn an, a new instrument for the first time. We certainly had those, and if you haven't taught someone who's never played your instrument before, if you're a musician, you will. I always tell my students, regardless of their major, that if you're a musician, someone somewhere will want to learn from you. If you can play and that is 100 percent true of so many students i've met some who are not music majors at all who still get asked to teach private lessons it's because people once they know you're a musician they automatically assume you can play and so they want you to teach them or someone that they know so that wanting to learn an instrument for the first time uh, those are first timers and they will generally absorb everything that you say <laughs> in your lessons um, there's also the students coming to private lessons that want to make their regional honor band. I was one of those people. Um, in in high school, I took lessons primarily to make all district and all state in North Carolina. That was just what I wanted to do. Um, I didn't consider music as a career actually until my senior year in high school. Um, I wasn't that was uh, not in the cards for me. But then it changed. Um, it changed that year, but other than that, I only took lessons to make those honor bands. Um, I was motivated uh, to do that um, and to learn my very specific music, but in getting ac- in, actually improving on my instrument, that was not my goal in taking lessons. Uh, I wanted to play well, yeah, and I wanted to play well in my class and that kind of thing, but otherwise, I really just wanted to make the band. That was it. Uh, there's also the students who want to win an audition. Um, they're really motivated and they'll hang on everything that you say as a teacher, but I've learned that you better be knowledgeable and you better back it up with a lot of references and experience and whatever audition they're trying to win. And that's like students who are wanting to get into a program of some kind, like they want to get into college, uh, or they want to get into governor's school or some kind of arts Academy, or they want to win an audition for a job. I mean, uh, and they want your critique or your constructive criticism in winning a job. It could be like putting bread on a table kind of motivation, which is super serious. Uh, so those are they're very motivated people. Some students take lesson or excuse me, people take lesson because they want to have fun. Because music, it really can be fun. It can. And they expect you to help them have fun. Uh, some students want to take lessons to pass the class. Uh, I certainly have students who've come to take lessons from me younger students that say well I have to be able to play all these scales for a test and if I don't my parents are going to be mad because my grades are going to drop so that's sad but true but it's the ideal of I only need to be able to do this you're going to see that there's also the sad uh, ones that at least we think it's sad of the students who are only trying to make their parents happy Um, that's sad but true sometimes students take lessons because their parents are making them because they need some extracurricular activity or something like that Uh, those students uh, if you've had that student before you know that they will typically try to spend lessons talking more about life than playing and that's when you use that repetition principle from instruction to make them just keep playing to get them to stop talking We have uh, students who also take lessons because they want to accomplish specific goals and objectives that they came specifically to you for. Like they know you're a good teacher because of your reputation as a teacher or a player. And they're putting a lot of responsibility on you, which is really scary. (laughs) If a student comes to you and says, I know you're a good teacher, I know you're a good player, and I want you specifically to help me accomplish all of my musical dreams and goals, that's scary. But it's uh, it's a, com- a thought that is comforting in knowing that they're gonna do whatever you want them to do it just puts a lot of responsibility on you as a teacher. And then of course, there's in my in my experience the most common kind, which is students coming who say, I just want to be better at my instrument. I think that is the hardest kind of student to teach, is they want to be better. And those students I've discovered usually don't know how to get better or they don't know what's possible, but they know that they aren't as good as, you know, insert some person who can do something. And so they think they're terrible and they need to be better at everything. When it comes to the expectations the students have of you, they expect you to give them accomplishable goals and objectives. And I think it's important with these students that you give them the power in their lessons by understanding and and knowing what they feel that their skills are that they need to work on Um, you'll work on what you want to with them anyway but I like to give all of my students uh, kind of a sense of control by basing some of my objectives and some of their objectives and goals and activity choices around areas they'd like to improve for example every student that is not a first-time player okay first-time players uh, I, I have you know routine to work with them but let's think older Um, a student who's not a first time player who comes in to me to take lessons, I ask them two questions. My first one, uh, I always tell them, this is a really hard question. I say, tell me three things that you think that you're good at. And it can be anything. It can be from like, I think I have a good tone to, I think I usually sit up straight. And every person I've ever met thinks that is an impossible question and I think it's really hard because many students don't appreciate the things they do well and they only see their shortcomings. I think we're all the same way as musicians. We don't generally appreciate the things that we can do, it's the things, the weaknesses that we tend to focus on, which is what our practice is centered on and what it should be centered on certainly, but we do need to recognize that we do some things okay. Uh, this question makes them think positively without blindly performing for you and can sometimes give them something to measure up to and make them feel a little bit more comfortable or at least make them think about something that they want to, maybe not prove, but think uh, about positively and put them in a positive light in your eyes. Uh, and then the second question is, tell me three things that you'd like to improve in your playing, but only three. Um in, that's a much easier question. And students tend to laundry list. And I say, you can't laundry list. You can only give three things. And I always make them define those three things. Um, these three skills to improve uh, will that they say will help you begin choosing and planning your activities. But you have to make sure that they don't say something is bad because honestly, they're not bad at anything. It just needs improvement. I stress that. So if they say, well, my articulation is bad, I say, hold on, hold on. First of all, it's not bad. What is bad? Like I make them define what needs improvement by telling me, but with through verbal assessment, what is good? If they can't tell me what's good, then how do they know it's bad? It's a hard question. But their expectations of you giving them goals and objectives and doing structure and activity choices comes from what they're where they're coming from. Uh, taking private lessons, and then how you're going to give them the power in their lessons to accomplish the said goals and activities. So again, that's just expectations from them to you, because you have to sell that you can actually help them. Then you expect things from them. You know, either things are going to meet your expectations or it's not going to meet your expectations. It's important that you realize that your planning, your sequencing, and your instruction Uh, all will contribute to whether or not they meet your expectations. Meeting your expectations should be what you want to happen based on how your activities are planned. You shouldn't plan your activities or plan your sequence of things that you're going to make the student do with the thought process that they're going to not meet your expectations then that means if that's what you're thinking, you need to go back and reassess because that means you're planning for the student to fail. No, meeting expectations still can mean that the student worked on a new skill or activity but needs a little bit of improvement with it. That's okay that can still meet your expectations. I expect when I introduce something new to my students that they will need some assistance on it. If I'm working with a student on range and add and expanding the range or working with them on some articulation or working on changing tone color or working on lip trills, or some other technical aspect, I expect they're going to need instruction They didn't come to me to learn to not get instruction or for me to say yes, no. They came to me for my feedback to help them. So I plan my activities expecting, yeah, you're going to succeed. You may need my help along the way, but my activities are planned so that you will accomplish the goal. Not that you're not going to meet it. Always remember that your expectations for them is always, again, in line with your goals and objectives that they're going to meet what you want them to do, not going to fail at it. They may, and they may fail. They may, no matter what, you may not get to go through all your instructions. You may not get through all your procedures and they may not meet your expectations, but at least they still learned. And not meeting your expectations doesn't mean that learning did not take place. Anyway, that was just my little thoughts on expectations that I couldn't really fit into my five categories. So, this is just an extra little podcast. Um, If you uh, have any ideas or thoughts about what you heard, please contact me at coramotohorn at gmail.com or my personal email at aphillips527 at gmail.com. This ends the little teaching mini series that I did. This is a little bonus episode. Um, Thank you for listening. Uh, I hope you reach out and give me your thoughts about all the things that I've talked about um, with some ideas that inspire me. Maybe I've inspired you and maybe you're doing lots of things that I can steal from because as a teacher, I'm still learning and still want to learn and be adaptable and reactive to all the new thoughts and, and things that my colleagues do that I can hopefully use on my students. Thank you all for listening. Please go subscribe on iTunes and leave us a review. Uh, please go like us on Facebook. Content, More content will be coming out soon, and I appreciate you listening. Thanks.